Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. This is Marcia. Well, I want to welcome you to our show for your help. I hope everything is going well with everyone. It's Sunday. We are in the month of November, and Thanksgiving is coming on, uh, coming really, really fast. So I pray everyone is doing well. Um, I'm excited about my guest. She's been on before. Her name is Linda Walton, and she's a doula. And, you know, that's my passion. I love children. I love, you know, thinking about babies. I love babies. I really love babies. And I always tell people when I retire, I want to volunteer sitting in the nurseries holding the babies because I enjoy babies so much. But I just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, We're going to have a great conversation about doulas and their role in our lives and how it's beneficial to us. So uh, we'll be right back. I'm just going to say welcome to the show to For Your Health with Marsha Thaddison. Thank you. 
Hour Network. I'm your host, Marsha Patterson, for your help. I want to apologize. I forgot to put myself on mute, and I'm sitting here getting ready to do this show, and I'm looking at the door, and one of the hinges like it's coming out, but um, well, I guess my daughter and I will try to figure that out later. So I just want to welcome everyone on the show. Today is November the 17th. November 2019 is almost over. So I'm praying this would be a good year for us to end financially, emotionally, and spiritually. My guest has been on this show twice. Uh, this is her third time, and I am so grateful that she's taken the time out of her Sunday to give us her time to kind of share with us what she do. Her name is Linda Walton. And, Linda, um, you are a doula. Tell our listening audience a little bit about you and why you became a doula. Oh, thank you, Marcia. Welcome. Thank you. Um, well, my name is Linda Walton. Um, I have a background in healthcare. I've been in healthcare over 23 years, um, primarily in the geriatric population. Um, I've always had a love and an interest for moms and babies. Um, even as a child, I'm, I'm the oldest granddaughter, so I always you know, babysat the, the children. You know, I've, I've always been around um, pregnant women. Um, my best friend in high school actually was pregnant, so I was around her as a teenager being a pregnant teen. So I've always been, you know, like a caretaker, um, listen to others, you know, love babies, love the elderly type person. So, you know, me being in healthcare and being a caregiver and, and being a doula is just like uh, second nature for me. So um, here in Georgia, um, I, I was, you know, reading statistics and, you know, always, like I said, looking at information on moms and babies and always um, wondering how I can help in the community and wanting to, to give back. So I learned that Georgia has um, the highest maternal mortality rate in the nation. And it was really, really, like, baffling for me, and it was really heartbreaking because I'm like, oh, here I am in Atlanta. I'm in the Mecca. You know, this is where it's happening, and this is such a great place to be. And then I learned of this this statistic. So I started to do some research, and I was like, what can I really do? What can I do to make a difference? What can I do to get out with all this education, all this knowledge, all this, you know, being able to meet people and connect with people from all races, all backgrounds type of girl? What can I do? So I decided that I wanted to become a doula. So lo and behold, just doing research and, and talking to people, I found out about um, an organization called Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies Coalition of Georgia. And this is like a really, really great organization. Um, they've been around for 40 years. You know, they have a background of educating uh, women and, 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 you know, providing um, different um collaborating with other organizations like the March of Dimes and just a whole list of other um, organizations to improve access and prenatal care and prevention in Georgia. So I found out that this great organization was offering a doula in a childbirth educator, educator training course. And they were having, like, their first cohort coming up, and they were, like, wanting people to apply from various backgrounds 
females. Um, the class was all women, and I was like, you know, should I should I really apply? Should I go for it? So I did. I applied, and I had an interview process and all of that. And I was accepted into the class, and a part of the class, we had to fill out a contract, and we had to say, you know, we would um, follow all of the guidelines for the class. We had a, we were in this class for a year. We had the um, training through uh, Dona International, which is a one of the certifying bodies for doulas here in the U.S. There are other organizations, but we were under their guidelines, and so um, we were given, you know, a time frame to complete, and so I completed the program. I got my certification, completed my birth, and now I'm a a donor-certified doula, and I've been um, doing doula work now for over a year and loving every minute of it, just loving being here in Atlanta and helping moms and, and and fathers and family members um with birth and that's how I got into to you know doula work. That is very interesting because as you were talking about the statistic um I too find it hard to grip with that we're losing so many moms and babies giving birth to child in 20 2019, that yeah. we should have um, much more uh, together. What do you think is the reason why we have a high fatality rate with women giving birth here in Georgia, especially? You know what? I think there's um, there are many factor factors here in Georgia. Um, even though Georgia has uh, Atlanta, which is like I said, like a mecca type city, it's large. People are moving, still moving here from everywhere. Um, there's uh, access, uh, a lack of access here in Georgia. You know, for the number of people that live in Georgia, there just aren't that many hospitals that even deliver babies or that even see, um, you know, pregnant women. Like some counties really? in Georgia, they don't, yes, they don't have um, a, a, a delivery hospital there because, we, you know, Georgia is very rural once you get outside of metro Atlanta. And, you know, even with Atlanta, we have a lot of people here, and we we really don't have a lot of birthing hospitals, you know. Um, we have quite a few, but this is a large population. And, you know, access and, you know, some of the past history, you know, the, legis- the legislative, you know, um, being with healthy mothers, healthy baby- babies, we also learned about, um, you know, how the government piece of it works, the political side. And, you know, still there just aren't a lot of things for moms and babies here in Georgia, especially for women of color, because we die, you know, at an alarming rate. Like the overall rate is 46.2 per 100,000 births, but for black women it's 66 point. And for white women, it's 43.2. So there's still like a big disparity um, with race. And then just a lot of just talking to moms, there are a lot of women that say they go into the hospital settings and they're not listening. You know, people aren't listening to them or they think, oh, well, you're you're a strong black woman. You can handle pain or, you know, they feel like they're being treated as if, you know, no one cares sometimes in, 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 in the medical settings. So there are just there are lots of factors, you know, even um 
maternal age can play a part. You know, we have women now having babies at later ages, and, you know, the older you get, you do have more, you know, you may have diabetes or you may have some other health issues going on or obesity or just different things and, you know, nutritional, um, you know, what the moms are eating and, and, you know, even after a mom has a baby, if if the hospital is even giving her, you know, when – they used to give moms like a, a, a protocol, so to say, of how to care for herself after she leaves the hospital and had, you know, with the baby. And sometimes we're getting, I, I talk to young ladies and they have no idea. And, you know, here in Georgia, we do lose most of our mothers within that 45 days after they have their baby. You know, some moms. 45 leave the days? Hospital. The first 45 days after is when we lose most of the moms here in Georgia after they have their babies, like after they leave the hospital. You know, it may be, you know, they don't know the warning signs of, okay, something's wrong, you know, or maybe some of the moms say, you know, I have to go back to work, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, you need to be off of work six weeks. Well, I can't afford to be off of work six weeks. And, you know, it's, it's, there are lots of factors or they're carrying, you know, they say, well, I go home and I'm doing the laundry or I'm, I'm cleaning my home or whatever. So it's, there are lots of things involved. And it's just, you know, educating um, moms also is a big piece of it and supporting them because some young ladies say or some women say, you know, I don't have a support system here. I'm not from here. You know, or I came here for school and, yeah. you know, now I'm holding a baby and I'm by myself. So, it, it, you know, it's a community thing. A community effort is going to have to happen here in all over the state of Georgia, not just in our metro area, but all over right. because South Georgia actually has the highest maternal mortality rate, you know, in those uh, more rural counties that are, you know, in the southern part of the state. Um, you know, Valdosta over in those areas. So it's it's just a big problem all over. It really is. And it's sad because, you know, this is 2019. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I guess I'm still trying to wrap my head around what you said earlier is that the hospitals, do, some of the hospitals are not set up for delivery. And I'm thinking every hospital, when they build new hospitals, or have a hospital facility, they have some room for delivery of babies that all hospitals have. But you're telling me that's not the case. Well, um, also, you know, some doctors don't practice in those in those rural areas. You know, they like when you're in a really rural area, sometimes the access, you know, just to have a um, a OB doctor there is not, you know, they may not even have a doctor that practices in their county, you know, or they have to go over to, like, one of the metro areas. Say, for instance, if they live out in a rural area, they may have to go to Savannah or Augusta or, you know, here in the metro area, one of the larger areas, just to find a practicing uh, doctor. Now, um with the baby, the, a lot of the young mothers are not having um, support. And I know that was mm-hmm. a fact. When I had my home daycare, a lot of families had moved, young women had moved from other parts of the state yeah. and came into uh-huh. Atlanta and Georgia and didn't have that extended family. And I found right. that me 
I was becoming that extended mom and grandma to a lot of my daycare moms. And even now, I've had my daycare closed for many years, and they call me, oh, Miss Marcia, there's Grandparents Day at the school, and I'm going to be at the school on the 21st at one of my Mm -hmm. mom's baby um, school because it's Grandparents Day, and her mom can't make it. So I've always kind of, okay, I can go have lunch with the kids. I'll go have lunch with the babies because they know Mm -hmm. me, and when they're not, when they can't make it to school, if I'm home, I need to bring, I need to bring Jaden by. I need to bring Aiden by. Um, they have, they're running right. the temperature and they're not feeling good. And they can't take off. And I'm there for them. Right. And, you know, that old thing, it takes a village. And it I've does. become that village. I've become that mm-hmm. village for a lot of my daycare parents. And even some of my daughter's friends who had kids. And can your mom keep my babies? Or they're not feeling good? Mm-hmm. Or can she pick them up? And we would do that because I can't even imagine not having that type of support and knowing who you put in your child's hands and putting your Mm -hmm. giving your child to. Now, um, one thing you talked about is um, 45 days after the ladies leave the hospital. What are the warning signs that young women are to look for? And I think this is where a doula is so important because. The nurses are in and out. The doctors are in and out. They do their job right. and they're gone. And so they need someone to say, come here, baby. Let me show you what you need to do. You need to right. look for this. Yeah. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, we, and you know, we, don't, we had grandmas and grandmas that used to do that and the moms. But even some right. of the moms are so young and they don't even know. So I see the importance, and even now, that – Midwives need to need to come back and being in a mobile um, vehicle mm-hmm. like an RV to to hit the rural areas so they can have right. these hospitals and places available for women. But mm-hmm. tell us some of the warning signs that young women need to look for when they're leaving the hospital while they're at the hospital that the doula is trained to look for and see because, like I said, the doctors and nurses are in and out of there, and sometimes mm-hmm. family members. You don't feel good, but, you know, you right. can articulate what's happening. Right. Okay. So for me, what I do for my clients is I have um, a printout. And on this printout, it's just like if you were to get, um, you know, what, like, say, for instance, if you, like, the poison control center says, you know, if you swallow, if you, if you drink some poison, then, you know, do this. So I have a, a, a sheet, say, for instance, if you have a fever, if you're dizzy, or if you, you know, if you feel, you know, just with the list of the little um, symptoms for the, for the mom, and if she feels any of these symptoms, or if she, you know, if she feels like, um, she may have a, a um, you know, you, you don't know when you have a blood clot, but you can sometimes feel the pain or whatever. So, you know, dial 911 or get some help. So I have my printout for my young ladies. But a lot of the other doulas, you know, including myself, we may verbal, you know, verbalize with the young ladies and say, hey, you know, get some help. If you're not feeling well, if you if you're dehydrated, if you're you know, if you're feeling dizzy or if you know, if you feel like you're weak, call for help. And sometimes people don't do that. You know, they're like you said, they have to work, you know, they ha- they have other children, they have obligations or you know, and they're not looking out for themselves. 
So, you know, one of my things I tell my my clients is, you know, know your body, uh, look for the warning signs, um, take care of yourself, you know, because uh, a lot of times we're conditioned to look out for everyone else but ourselves, you know, as black women, you know. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. We juggle, uh, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we're juggling things. Or Guilty. We, yeah, we're not paying attention. And, you know, it's life or death. It's really that serious. And, you know, it's all across America because the maternal mortality rate is very high in some other states also, you know, and a few. Really? Most of the states, yes, most of the states are in the south, um, like Louisiana is next, and then Indiana, which is not technically a southern state, but Indiana has a very high um, maternal mortality rate. So, you know, and I think New Jersey's like in that top five, but, you know, most of the states are in the South. And 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 if you think about it, like we have like next year, a law that's possibly going to stop women from being able to have abortions in Georgia, you know, in case of you know, maybe uh, certain things, and then you're going to have even more women to to possibly lose their life, you know, because they can't they can't have abortions either, you know. So it's a lot going on in the mix here in Georgia for women, and especially for women of color, because a lot of these, um, you know, laws and a lot of the things that are going on are like really, really impacting women of color like at a at a at a much higher rate here in Georgia. And um like I said, a lot of the laws that are on the books, a lot of the things that are out there are just not, you know, supporting women to, you know, live, <laughs> you know, to it's not it's not, you know, conducive like the, the maternal mortality rate hasn't gone down. And, you know, they've known for years, maybe the last, what, three or four years, that the maternal mortality rate here in Georgia is very, very high. And I was actually talking to a colleague. We had a conference in Savannah a couple of weeks ago, and and I was asking her about it. I said, you know, has has it gone down? Is it better? She said no. So it's not a surprise that it hasn't gone down because a lot of the factors that be, even the bigger factors haven't changed. So, you know, that's why women really need support. They really need doulas. They really need, um, like you say, midwives. They really need, um, even like yourself, a woman who loves families, loves children, you know, as a grandmother to many children to support um, the the women here. Yeah. It's very important. It actually takes all of us. Now, you said you have a printout of the list. Is there a way I can get a hold of that list and let our uh, – we can put this on the list at the bottom of oh. this uh, blog talk so people can take a look at that list and share that with family members and other people like that. And I know bleeding, sometimes sometimes they may get the, the bleeding um, if they're getting stitches right. or some serious. Now, and I was wondering, too, is this – the death of these women, are they related to having cesarean uh, birth or vaginal birth, or they have not taken the time to look at it either way? Because I know cesarean birth is astronomical off the chain. Every time I talk to someone, well, I'm gonna, I got to go in and I'm gonna have a cesarean. Why? Yeah, well, the I, I mean, so. yeah, because, see, here's the deal with that. You know, 
cesareans aren't always bad. You know, if there's a medical need for the mom or, you know, if the doctor sees that there is a need for a C-section, yes. But like if a mom does not need a C-section and hospitals are doing like 30, like some some hospitals have over 30 to 50% rate of C-section. And you and Mm -hmm. I both know that that is high, you know. Statistically, that's kind of off the charts. You know, um, unnecessary C-sections is the problem. You know, um, Mm -hmm. a C-section is major. It's a major, you know, surgical. Anytime you go into a hospital setting and you go under the knife, it's a major deal, whatever it is. So anytime you're doing C-sections, you know, there's a chance that, hey, um, Mom could have a blood clot later on. A mom could get an infection. A mom could not heal properly. A mom could go home and do some heavy lifting, and you know, or she could just, you know, scar tissue. You know, some uh, Mm -hmm. some young ladies I've talked to, they've had four and five C sections. That's a that's a lot on a person. That's almost sounding kind of like suicide. It's like, why would you give a person? that many C-sections, you know, back in the day, they wouldn't give any more than two or three C-sections at the most. You know, three was considered, like, risky business, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now I'm talking to young ladies that are saying, you know, hey, I had so much scar tissue. It was so painful uh, for me to be pregnant, and this is like my third or fourth C-section, and they're giving them steroids. And you and I both know anything you give to the mom goes to the baby. You give to the baby. Mm-hmm. Correct. Exactly. Oh. So that's those are the type of things I'm I'm speaking on when I'm talking about a C-section because all C, like I said, all C-sections are not bad. It's not considered bad if it's a situation where the mom needs a C-section. But, you know, doing C-sections, you know, when a woman goes in and first thing, okay, C-section, you have to give a mom um, enough time to labor, you know, to have her baby. Mm -hmm. And and when we're seeing, like, as doulas, when we're around, it happens more. You know, women don't have as many C-sections. They're given enough time to have their babies. And they're at 90, like, at 91%. Um, you know, we did some statistics with Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies, and um, we had to turn in our information, and 91% of our moms delivered vaginally with a doula being wow. present versus, you know, not having a doula or not, you know, not right. having a doula there for support and being a liaison between them and their medical professionals, you know, there's a lot involved when a when a mom goes in to have a baby. So how does one go about, um, say that someone's interested in having a doula and they're having a baby, what is the process of me interviewing you or you interviewing uh, the client to say, this is what I do, and what's the protocol? Tell me how this works for young ladies well, and first, families that want to Right. So as a doula, we try to get the information out there because there are a lot of people who do not know what a doula is or, or people that Correct. don't know the difference between a doula and a midwife. As a doula, we are a non-medical. We don't do anything medical, anything clinical. 
Uh, we don't deliver babies. We don't um, do vaginal exams. We are there as a support person, emotional support, physical support, and a, a informational a person to give a mom and the dad information about pregnancy and to prepare them. Because a lot of times, you know, if you're not prepared, you just don't know, then sometimes things can happen to you in that hospital setting. You know, that's a med- that's mm-hmm. the medical model, you know. So we're there um, as an advocate, you know. We're there to sit down with the couple. You know, every doula is not for every couple. That's why I always tell, you know, yeah, it's a business, but I care about moms and babies and families. So I tell anybody, I say, hey, interview two or three doulas. See, you know, mm-hmm. who's the person that's the better, the doula that's the better fit for you. And, you know, meet in a neutral spot, meet at a, a Starbucks or wherever, coffee shop, and interview your doula. There are questions that you should be asking your doula and your doula, you know, and, and, and go with your gut instinct, you know. Go with the person that you feel is the better fit for you, you know, and that's the person you choose. You know, don't go on, you know, um, how the person is looking, if they have a head wrap or whatever. You know, I'm just being <laughs> silly, but you know what I mean. You go with the person that's the better fit, <laughs> you know, and ask the question. Ask the tough questions. The do- all, You know, the, the doula is a professional. So just like you would ask, you know, I'm assuming people would they ask the doctor tough questions, but sometimes people don't say anything; they just go along with the doctor. But you and know, what would be those? What would be huh? some, some examples? Those tough questions would be: the, what kind of questions would you we want them to ask if they're looking well, for you? Know, doula, what you, type of questions you want to look for them? And what would these those tough tough questions be like? Okay, say for instance, you can ask your doula, are you certified? You know, there are, like I said, there are certification, um, uh, there are certification agencies out here that have been around for a long time, um, Dona, Kappa, um, uh, Matrone, you can ask a pro doula, you can ask the person if they're certified, and if they if they say they're certified, they have credentials, and they've gone through extensive training, education, um, they've had to um, attend births, they've had to document, um, they've had to go through, you know, each each agency, each certifying body is different, but they're all professional. So you can ask that, but there are some good doulas out there that haven't been certified. They've they've just had that experience, and you can ask them about their you know their experience, how many births they've attended, um, right. have they have they um, attended births that have had complications, you know, um, have they attended home births? If you're planning a home birth, that's very important. You want to know, you know. If, the, if if this doula has attended these home, you know, attended home, right, uh, right, right, right. You, you also want you also want to kind of like I said, every doula is not for everyone. So you want to know that person's bedside manner, their style. You know, every fit, everybody's not a fit for everybody. You know, 
You may not you you may not want that uh, hyper hyper doer. You may want a more laid back person, or you may be the type of person you want that hyper doer. So you know, learning asking about um, the bedside manner. Um, you can ask them about their um, techniques that they use for pain management. That's a big part of what we do. You know, we we help with pain management. We you know we we give those massages. We we you know, we do um, certain techniques to help with pain. So you can ask about that. Um, what's your philosophy so when, with working with her? So when the doula is helping with the massaging, is it that with the dad is there, you show him how to do it too, or would you oh, be working that's, that's what I was just about to say. You can also um, ask your doula about working with your partner, like, some couples want the dad to do the massage, and some want the doula to do it. You know, it, it can go inter- mm-hmm. it can go hand in hand. Right. The dad may have right. to take a break or take a, you know, want go out and smoke a cigarette or whatever. So, you know, those those are important things also. And and one thing I want people to understand as doulas, we're non-judgmental. So it could be two women. You know, it could you know we don't we don't discriminate. So if 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 it's a uh, um, a lesbian couple, it's the same. We're gonna we're gonna treat everybody equally. We're there for the mom, and, and we're there in and a the non-judgmental way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to feel like, well, you know, I I it's me and my girlfriend, so I don't want to do look because it has to be a couple partner thing. No, that's you know that's not the case. We want moms and we want babies to have great first and great first outcome, you know, across the board. So, you know, those those things are important for people to know also. Because sometimes people kind of feel like, you know, if I'm not fitting that, that mold of the, 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 the husband or wife to pick a fence, then, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that's not the case. Right, right. Now, mm-hmm. with the doula, um, do you educate families about the afterbirth? Because, you know, some people say the afterbirth and they use it and keep the baby, you know, just educate them on other options. Some people are able to mm-hmm. um, sign up and um, bank their uh, uh, their the baby's uh, umbilical cord. I know some hospitals are using it mm-hmm. because stem cells are really, really big right now. People use right. stem cells for everything. And so people don't realize that stem cells, you know, um, is in that umbilical cord and is pulsating. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Sabi had said that, I was reading some things what Dr. Sabi had said. He said years ago, many times the mom would give birth, they would have the baby laying on the mom and the baby attached with the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. And I think he said yeah. in four days that cord falls off automatically. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be cut. And, that, and some people, what they call delay cutting or delay clamping, is they yeah. let the umbilical cord keep pulsating until all it stops pulsating because they say that's getting all the stem cells and all the nutrients that's in that umbilical cord that's true. to the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, that's true. I never heard of no stuff like this when I was young. Oh, my God. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a baby boomer, and I'm like, no one ever told us any of this stuff mm-hmm. to say this is your option or this is what's happening 
when you have your yes. baby. This is what's happening with the placenta, and this is what's happening with the umbilical cord. Now I know hospitals are banking some of these stems on the baby's umbilical cord, mm-hmm. and families aren't even signing up to say, I want this with it or I want that. They're just using it. So um, right. you're educating families on that too? Oh, yes. Um, yes, we do. Um, some hospitals are teaching hospitals, so, you know, they do want it. It's valuable. You know, some people say, hey, I want to keep it. I want, you know, and they do the um, encapsulation where they um, take the placenta and then they process it and then the mother takes it in a capsule. Or they may get... Um, you know, there there are many different things that they can do. So as a do as a birth doula, you do inform um, them of their options. Or some people are like, you know, just do away with it. You know, so it it, it varies. But yes, doulas do educate on that. Um, usually, if the baby in the hospital setting they do go for cutting that cord pretty quickly. Even if the mom is like, you know, okay, I want the baby to stay attached. They may let the baby stay attached for a little while, but they're they're still going for cutting that cord. Now, in a home birth setting, you know, there are situations where, you know, the baby is attached, like how you say Dr. Savy was uh, educating individuals about that. Mm -hmm. They do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they let the cord just fall off, you know, so – you know, that when you're in a home birth setting, you do have that option. But in the hospital setting, uh-huh. you're kind of under the duress of them cutting that cord. Wow. And I just think that's so beautiful that it's, the baby's not feeling any pain or mm-hmm. the separation so drastically in that it's just laying right. there, laying there, hearing the mom's heart beating, knowing something uh-huh. he's accustomed to hearing. That heartbeat, right. her voice, and and her right. warmth, and then just separate on its own. I just think that is just awesome. I just, right. I just love that. I love that idea, and I wish mm-hmm. it was. I'm down. I had mine, but I'm too old now. So, but I do want to make well, sure the next generation. You know, yeah, well, things like that were done, like, before the baby boomers, you know, back when people were using the midwives and doing more in-home births. But as, you know, things got more, you know, geared toward that medical model and women having babies in the hospital, then those type things changed. And so now we're getting back to that more, you know, we're getting back to women wanting to have those more natural births. And, you know, with these maternal mortality rates being so high, people are like, hey, is something wrong with this medical model right now? You know, why are we wow. spending more money than any nation in the world, but yet we have the same outcomes as Malaysia? Yes. You know, we have in the United States, we have lower outcomes than some third world countries, some countries in Africa. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, exactly. So, People are wanting to, There, there's a wave now of people wanting to get back to those more natural ways of having their babies. And a part of that is having support. And, you know, uh, back when the midwives were delivering more of the babies in the home setting, there was a support. She wasn't maybe necessary to call the doula, but she was that woman that, you know, supported the, the mom, even in, in those in some of the cultures in Africa, 
the women support each other during birth, you know, and, right. and make the right. mom comfortable and really make her, you know, feel so relaxed and everything that she just naturally has her baby without all the trauma and drama and the extra stuff, you know, that could go on. So, you know, right. hopefully we're, we're, we're getting back to that more, you know, with these outcomes because something's going to have to do, it's going to have to get better, you know, with the way the outcomes are right now. So I'm very, and, very hopeful. Pardon, pardon me. And Go I, ahead. I think we have to reach the younger generation while they're in middle school and high school and start educating yeah. kids, young women and men early and not wait yeah. until they're pregnant and have that because usually a lot of times yeah. they have that certain age they're scared for or they're not listening, but you want mm-hmm. to start planting this seed at an early age. We're going to take right. a break, and we're coming right back in a few minutes. I just want to remind our listening audience, you're on the D-Hour Network. I'm your host, Marsha Patterson, and I have the pleasure of having Linda Walton again, Adula, and we'll be right back. Told you that 
you back on the DIY Network. This is Marcia Patterson with Belinda Walton. We were talking about doulas and their important roles in helping moms and the family during childbirth. I think mm-hmm. one important thing that you guys do is give that support after the baby's born, even after they've gone home. Mm-hmm. They, they can still connect with you to say, Linda, this is the problem I'm having baby with the baby or with myself. Mm-hmm that ongoing support because a lot of times moms and grandmas, like I said, some of them are young themselves and they don't know. So tell us about some of the things that you help moms with, with the babies, the questions that they may have or the struggles right. they may have with breastfeeding because not everyone can uh, do breastfeeding real well. And so let's talk okay. a little bit about um, that. Now, there are birth doulas and then there are postpartum doulas so here's the deal yes okay so with a birth doula you know you're there for the labor the delivery of course you're educating you know along the way and then you're there like after the baby is born maybe for that first you know 30 minutes an hour whatever you know you and your doula work out so in that time she's the doula's there. A doula can be a male also. So the doula's there, and the doula, um, you know, if the mom needs help with the baby latching on, you know, you're 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 supporting, you're encouraging, you know, breastfeeding if that's what the mom chooses to do. Okay, so that postpartum doula is the doula that comes in like after the fact. Now, some doula, some birth doulas do postpartum work also. Some are birth doulas and postpartum doulas, but there are some doulas that are just postpartum doulas. And those doulas come in after the mom, um, you know, goes home and provides postpartum um, care for the mom. So, um you know, and it, and that entails, you know, educating, still educating, even some light housekeeping. It just depends on what that, you know, business arrangement is. So I know it's a little bit, it may be a little confusing because some people probably think, you know, the doula is there and the doula is going to do postpartum work, you know, also, yeah. but it's, it, you know, it's that's not always the case. There are postpartum doulas. And and here in Atlanta I know that there's a high demand for those postpartum doulas and which is good because like I said, that first forty five days is that crucial time here in Georgia for for our moms, you know, for our us, you know, unfortunately losing a lot of women. So, you know, just having that postpartum doula come in and making sure everything's okay, helping with the baby, because a lot of the women get really overwhelmed after they have the baby or they suffer from, um, you know, the postpartum depression, you know, and anxiety, you know. Um, so just having that, that support um, after the baby is super important also, you know. And, and, and what I'm finding, you know, and I, I try to be super honest, is just the affordability thing here. You know, um, Zula work is very challenging and it's very, very time consuming, but it's also kind of like a luxury. You know, I, I hate to 
make it sound that way because I'm in my heart of hearts. If I could do it for free for everybody, I would. If I could, but you know, it's it's not it's not it's not cheap. You know, so what we're finding is the women who need it most are the ones who just can't afford it. You know what I mean? Or it would be like a struggle for them to you know pay for a doula. So I'm just like brainstorming on creative ways of how we can get, like, say, for instance, if you know your friend is having a baby and you want to do something nice for her or give her a baby shower gift, hire her a doula. You know, if you want to, you know, we got to get creative with it because so many of our women need doulas and they just can't afford the doulas because so any they can a doula could range anywhere from some doulas charge two fifty some charge two thousand and five hundred you know it it ranges here in Atlanta and what we're finding is a lot of women just you know I guess can't afford it or you know a, you know a a lot of doulas just don't work for free you know there are some volunteer like agencies around that. You know, they'll ask you if you can come in. You know, you could go to Grady or whatever. There are some volunteer-type situations. But even what I'm finding, even with those type situations, sometimes when people don't pay for things, they're not as as vested in it either. You know what I mean? It's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, you know, do they – back in the days they used to – when I remember when I first had my baby – um, the hospital, mm-hmm. if, even at the hospital, they had little classes for new moms to show them how to right. bathe, what to do with the baby. Do they still have those type of classes going on in hospitals mm-hmm. today? Yes, they do. You know, the hospitals, they have their little, you know, childbirth education classes. You know, they may have a childbirth educator on staff. You know, some of the hospitals are designated as baby-friendly so at those hospitals, you know, they do they they advocate the breastfeeding. You know, they they do have those type things in place. But when that mom goes in and actually um, delivers her baby, um, the hospitals in Georgia just do not have. Well, I take that back. I was gonna say they don't have doulas on staff, but um, uh, Atlanta Medical, the one downtown. They do have like a um, doula collective that's affiliated with Marsha Ford's practice over in East Point. She's a midwife in um, in East Point. Um, very, 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 very busy practice over there. They do have a doula collective, and I think it's set up to where you know if if um, a per, a woman needs a doula, they they have an on call list, but just. Overall, doulas aren't in place in the hospitals here in Georgia like that. But in some other states, they do have doulas on the staff of the hospital. Now, what what about midwives in rural areas? Is that number uh, very low, or do we have midwives who service the outer stretch of uh, Georgia? Okay, so... You know, in Georgia, you know, there are different types of midwives. So in the hospital setting, the midwife, she's called a certified nurse midwife. And she, what she is is a nurse, and she's gone back to school to be a midwife. And she practices under the doctor, you know, and she's, she's in the medical model, so to speak. 
you know, and she works for the hospital. And then they're like certified um, professional midwives. And these are midwives who, who've gone to midwifery school. And these midwives, they can um, practice in um, like home settings. You know, they, they have a little more, you know, their own autonomy. And here in Georgia, there are only two black um, certified pro- professional midwives in this whole state. And I know Um Salama really? is one. Uh huh. Yeah. So who are they? Who are they now? Because we had um. Um, Salama is a certified. She's also she's a certified nurse midwife and a certified um, professional midwife. But she does. She's older now, and I don't think she practices as much as she used to. And then um, there's another certified professional midwife. There are only two, and I think she moved to Africa. So really, there aren't, but there are lots. There are lay midwives here too that have that are good. They've had years of experience. You know, like the grand midwives. You've heard of them before, like back when my grandmother was born. You know, the grand midwives right. they had. So they're they're uh, they're grand midwives, but in Georgia, midwives aren't licensed. So. You know, Georgia's one of the few states that doesn't license license midwives, and but yet it has the highest maternal mortality rate. So you know, that's kind of like goes back to that political side. You know, where maybe the powers that be are like, hey, you know, the obstetricians and the gynecologists or whatever, they may be saying like, hey, you know, we don't, they don't know what, to, they don't know how to handle these complex medical things that come up, you know, or I haven't gotten into the political stuff really, really deep, but, you know, there are some issues that play into hand with them not being licensed that's political, you know. So, you know, that. but they're working, the midwives are really, really working hard to get, you know, um, I think they want to be licensed. I think they want to, like, have you know, a seat at the table more here in Georgia because it something has to be done, you know, and that's why, you know, even with our organization, we tell people, you know, be active even when we have state representatives that come and talk at the um, conferences. They're, like, telling people, please be proactive. Please vote. Please hold these people you have in office accountable for women, women's health issues, birth issues. This is the future of our state. You know, this is the health yes. of our community. This is, you know, and industry the coming here. And some people, yeah. And we got so many right. young like, people coming you, here with so many health issues, yeah. Why? Why would you want the film industry here if you can't get the, if you have the highest mortality rate? These companies are not going to want to come, you know, so it's a lot that plays into this thing, you know, that affects all of us and us, you know, me as a doula, you as a citizen, you know, um, you care for children in the community or whatever. We all have to have even just regular everyday citizens because we're all, you know, family, really, when you think about it. We need to hold people accountable and step up and do something about this. You know, even if you have to write your 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 uh, state representative in your representative, district. Yeah, yeah right. because this, right. like a lot of legislat- 
a lot of legislation and things like that just aren't on the books here in Georgia or haven't been passed. Or they might do something, you know, small, but yet women are still and children are still dying here, especially of color. I was looking at a video of someone had taken of, um, I think it's on YouTube, with this black lady in southern Georgia was a midwife, mm-hmm. and I think she had given birth to over 4,000. I had a video of her um, mm-hmm. on, on how she take the classes with the health department. The doctors would train them. Then they would go out right. into the rural area and give birth give birth to help give birth to babies back then. Mm-hmm. And right. She didn't even she didn't lose not one baby um, that she mm-hmm. um, had been working with. So I thought that was really really good. Now, right. what can you tell us um, about the mom? So do do midwife do doulas talk about diet with the families and eating with the mom? What it and when do mm-hmm. a, a lady hire a doula? What stage of pregnancy would you suggest someone looking at hiring a doula? I suggest around five, I suggest around five months. You know, sometimes women hire doulas like at thirty five weeks, thirty seven weeks. But to me, I think you know a little bit earlier is better because you would like to kind of get a get a relationship, a good rapport with your doula. You know what I mean? That's just my personal preference. But some. Some of the contracts are pretty cut and dry. It's like, you know, hey, at 37 weeks, blah, 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 call me when you go into labor, you know. But me personally, I like to be more hands-on with my clients. Um, You know, I'll be there for your birth, blah, blah, blah. This is what I do. You know, that's another thing when you get with a – when you interview these people, look at their contracts, see what – is being offered, you know, because it's a business, you know. Um, if you don't read the fine print, if you don't read the contract, you can't assume, you know, just like when you're buying a right. house, you really need to know what's going on. So the same thing with your health and your body and, you know, could possibly be your life or, you know, the life of your baby, you know. So always, always know what you're getting, know what you're paying for, and have if you have questions, ask. No question is a silly question when it comes to your health and your well-being. You know, you are you. You come first, you know. Um, that's what I try to advocate for so many of our moms. Like I say, we do so much for other people. We're worried about our job. We're worried about this. We're worried about that. That's stress. And even, you know, in pregnancy, they're even saying that they feel like the stress factor is another reason women of color, you know, have more preterm births or have more, you know, adverse effects um, when they deliver. Because, you know, when you're delivering your baby, a lot of stuff comes out, you know, even past traumas or whatever, you know, could come out. So, you know, just keeping moms. Um, stress-free is important, you know, so that's why I say all moms need a doula. Every mom, if you go and read the World Health Organization's um, suggestions, they even say every woman should have a doula. You know, um, I know it sounds a little funny, but every life matters and every mom counts. 
So yeah. why wouldn't her why wouldn't especially for women of color, because we are the women that are impacted more with these um you know, statistics of, you know, women being, you know, having unnecessary C-sections or women, you know, going through a lot, you know, postpartum things, no support system, you know. Yeah. Um, but in places where women are getting these supports and having doulas and having things like that, the outcomes are so much better. You can go to Donna's website. You can pull up the statistics. You can go to the World Health Organization. You can go to the CDC statistics. You know, there are statistics out there that show that having a doula has a tremendous effect on birth outcomes. And there are women out there who want a doula, you know, but may not, you know, obtain one for various reasons, you know. But I think if – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Oh, I was – was what I was going to say, though, I feel like if you really want a doula, you will have one. That's just me, you Mm -hmm. know. If you really, really, just like when you see that nice dress you like or that pretty car you want (laughs) or whatever else, you know what I'm saying? How what we do? Girl, you get it. Know. You know, you be like, "Dad." Yeah, you be like, "Dad, I'm going to fit that extra $300 a month in my budget." But you Hello. find a way. Yeah. Your health Hello. is more important than that, you know. So, and your you know, your 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 baby's health too, you know. So, if you have preterm yeah. birth, that's a whole nother thing to talk about. You know, we're not even going to go into that. So, you really should be proactive. Okay, and I know, I, I know you gave me an hour, but I'm gonna have one more question. You're a healthy mom, healthy, healthy mother, healthy mom. You have those classes. Tell us a little bit about your classes that you, because uh, you got, you said you have one coming up in November and one December. Um, yes, I do. Um, yes, in Roswell, um, we have a class. We have a breastfeeding class going on in Roswell. Um, I think it's on the 11th. I'm sorry, I don't have my calendar with me, but we have one in Roswell, and then two days later we have another breastfeeding class for moms in in uh, Forest Park, Georgia. So I'll give you the information when I send you the information for the uh, what signs to look for um, with fever and different things after you have your baby to contact 911. I'll send you the um, flyer for that also, and we also sure. and that, that oh. Go ahead. And that series, though, it's, yeah, there, there's a bonding class on bonding with your baby, and there's also a class on potty training. So we have some really, really oh, great classes yeah. coming up. And it's at the Pregnancy Aid Clinic. The clinic is, like I said, there's one in Roswell, Georgia, and one in um, Forestport, Georgia. And, and I'm also affiliated what? with Rose. Huh? What's, what's the clinic called? Pregnancy what? Pregnancy Aid Clinic. Pregnancy Aid A I D Clinic. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, does Pregnancy Aid Clinic do they do classes prior to uh, women having babies about how to get pregnant or uh, you not know to have any more? 
you know what? I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm not sure. I know that they provide a lot of support for moms and a lot of classes, and they even they even advocate like if the you know if you come to so many trainings, you get a free car seat. So they have a lot of neat things. They they're on Facebook and they're on um, Instagram. So you can go on their website. Um, they also have a website and check out what they have going on. I know that they're um, they do like a diaper drive. They help with. Um, I think they have a thing going on now where um, people are donating through Amazon for for diapers, and so they help with diapers. So you know that's another thing. There are lots of things here in Georgia that we really, really. Um, you know, it, it, I think, too, with so many people being here, sometimes there's kind of that disconnect with connecting everything because mm-hmm. there are some mm-hmm. good agencies out here. There are resources, but sometimes people just don't know about them or they're kind of like far away from where they live. You know, it's just I'm, I'm learning that we got to get together and connect more. You know, there are lots of, like I said, good doulas around, Um but sometimes people just don't know, you know, they just don't know about it or, you know, if it isn't like right near them in their community, then, you know, they just don't have access. So, um, right. Right. Yeah. And so we're really, we're really pushing moms to, um, have doulas when they, when they get ready to deliver, we really, really see the, the, you know, just the great birth outcomes, the, you know, um, mom's breastfeeding more, which we always, we know that the breast milk is so much better for the babies um, than right. formula is, you know. Um, I'm an advocate for breastfeeding, but if a mom chooses to, you know, use formula, she still needs to be informed on, on how to even hold the bottle. You'd be surprised. So a lot of the moms, <laughs> um, yeah, yes, they that you'd be surprised, you know, if you've never had a baby before, if you've never been taught, you don't know, you know, even with using cloth diapers. Um, a lot of young ladies don't even know that cloth diapers exist. They think, you know, hey, wow. you have to use. Yes, I'm serious. You'd be surprised. Wow. And they're not like the cloth diapers that were out when we had no, our babies. My daughter used a little bit of them around the house and you know I think they're good yeah. around the house to use those around the house as opposed to constantly spending money and filling yes. up our land fields with diapers. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's and the thing about it Yeah, I have them tell the young ladies tell me all the time, they say, um, Miss Linda, I didn't know about cloth diapers and I'm like, Wow, the generations have really changed. They they don't even know some of them about cloth diapers, you'd be surprised. But you so know, it's just Linda, about, huh? We have a class on teaching young people how to put a cloth diaper on, how to clean mm-hmm. a cloth diaper, and I yeah. think along with that, because you don't even see commercials for cloth diapers. You see Pampers and other stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you don't see you don't. any advertisement. And, you know, I, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter, has one, a couple of them for my granddaughter. I bought a couple mm-hmm. of them for my grandson when he was born. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that she ever used. I think she used them maybe a couple of times. But you know, yeah, she may not. Sometimes they don't know how to clean them. You know, you're right. There's, there's, there's so much 
to teaching the young people. Because, you know, I had a young lady tell me, she said, I ran out of diapers and I was putting rags on my baby. And I said, you were oh, putting rags Lord. on him? Yeah, she said, she said, I didn't have any money, you know, and I was, my car had, you got an impound. You know, she was just in a situation. I said, well, honey, did you know you could use cloth diapers? She said, what is that? So, I, you know, like oh, I said, that's, yeah, that's why having the doulas, having the support is so important for these young people. And, you know, they do a lot on social media, but social media only goes so far with the common sense stuff. You know what I mean? Like the practical <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. I'm not knocking yes. social media because I use it too, I, you know, and I, but I, I use it as a tool yes. to reach people. Yes. Right. So, you know, these people are, even if they see these pretty cloth diapers on social media, it might not tell them how to clean them, that these they need washing or how to do it, you know. So, like I said, our, our young ladies and young men, because we don't want to not include them also, really, really need. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there used to be cloth diaper services back in the days that used to deliver to your house and pick them up on mm-hmm. your front porch. I mean, I know I'm aging myself. Do they still have those delivery service diapers in the more? Or no? Those are, those are the things they You have. know what? They may, they may have them in the more ritzy areas, you know, where, okay. you know, but I'm I, I'm not sure. My, now, my... My mom always cleaned them, you know, and I clean, I clean my door, you know, but they probably, you know, if they're service, you know, if they deliver your groceries to your house, I'm sure they have somebody Hello. that can come. Yes. Right. Yes. So, but yes. like I say, these things cost money and what we're working with a lot around here in Atlanta is this, this divide with these certain people being able to afford doula services. So, you know, that would kind of be like a luxury too, you know what I mean? So you got to be able to know how to do some things for yourself when you don't have the purse, the pocketbook to, you know, back it up. So, you know. You know, I will, I'm sitting here thinking you and I need to plan something. And we said this before, and I mean this. We need mm-hmm. to plan something we're doing a classes because, you know, with me and my labor of love, teaching mom food to eat before you're pregnant, while you're right. pregnant. The food has so a profound important. effect on having a healthy baby. And healthy mind, and we want you to be yes. yes. And then being mm-hmm. able to show them how to make the baby formula if they can't make them make baby food. And for us mm-hmm. to team up to do these classes, on hand classes to get the diapers, yes. the food, the nurturing, right. you know, teaching that. Yes. I would love to do that so because it's so important because it really bothers me when we out to hear so many parents screaming at their kids, cursing at their right. kids. We got to learn right. how to, because words power, words is seeds, you know, and right. seeds can go into their emotional uh, life mm-hmm. that can change mm-hmm. them or make them better. So, and I'm all for making our kids better because we have some beautiful, smart little kids, and we just mm-hmm. have to nurture them. They are a gift. They're a gift from God, and we have to appreciate this gift. That right. Yes. Right. And, you right. Know, you're right. And we got. So many young babies that's coming here, young kids have um, ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenic, and autism. Mm-hmm. So we have young mm-hmm. kids that's not in their right mind, and we want to be able to have more healthy.
healthy babies. Now, do what? you see a baby boom going on? Do you see a baby boom? Because when I'm looking at the news, I'm, there was one little town, all the sheriffs, all of them had babies. All the, Every last one of his sheriff guys from this one station, everybody yeah. had babies. Like, yeah, that happens. Yes. Now, say for instance, certain times of the year, like if it, like say there's a snowstorm going on, or you know, there's certain <laughs> things that kind of trigger these little baby booms. But per per capita, I think the birth rate has gone down in America. You oh. know, it, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really. I know it sounds because you always see pregnant. I was gonna be some pregnant women, but yes. you know, overall yes. the birth rate has gone down. But I think for certain, I think for like for for white people, it really has gone down. You know, more than for people of color. You know, but it's still not super high for for black people either. The way you would think. You know, overall, this is like the country. You know, so to speak. So, um, but certain times of the year, the weather phenomena, stuff like that goes on, then you'll see a spike. You'll get a little baby boom. And another thing, like if like when hurricanes come and things like that, women go into labor too. So, you know, really? you'll, then you'll, yeah, you'll hear like, oh, baby was delivered when Hurricane Harvey was going on, but there is something to women delivering during the weather, you know, the atmosphere changes and, you know, and so you do have women going into labor during those times also. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. I know, I, I, know I, I don't pick your brain long enough, but I know you had said an hour, but then to give anybody, yes. anyone that's listening, one information as to how to reach you and connect with you to be a doula for them. Yes. Okay. So, I have um, a Facebook page. It's called the Art of Labor Doula Services. I also have my business website. It's www.theartoflabor.com. Um, you can also you can also reach me at seven seven zero eight seven five three three six seven twenty four seven. You know, you can go to my Instagram page, the Art of Labor Doula. Um, you can go to my website. You can ask me questions. You can send me messages. You can text. You can call. Um, if you want to find out more about doulas, you want to find out more about Dona, I'm also on Dona, www.dona.org. And at Dona's website, you can find all of the certified Dona doulas in your area. No matter where you live in the country, you plug in your zip code and all of the certified doulas will come up. And you can go right in there and choose doulas that you would like to interview or talk to over the phone and choose a doula for yourself or your family member, your loved one. Um, Very, very important. Um, The hospital setting is a very busy setting. So you want your loved one to have that support person. Now, a lot of you may think, well, I could be that support person. You know, family (laughs) is beautiful. Family is love. But it's still different. You know, you have more emotional ties. Um, Sometimes as family members, you can bring in, you know, um, wanted suggestions. You can bring in a little more stress. You can bring in a little more 
of, you know, how your birth was when it's really not about you, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a different dynamic. And some hospitals say, hey, we don't want more than two or three people in this room, and you bring the whole crew, and that's just not the time for it because it's just different now. You know, even with the hospital staff, they're not very receptive to, you know, a lot of people being in the room or people coming in and out. So, you know, just having a doula, the way that the laboring setting is right now is conducive to great birth outcomes. And like I said, go on cdc.gov, go on the International World Health Organization, go on to donor or any of the credentialing agencies for doulas and pull up those statistics. I'm not just saying it to say it. There is medical evidence. Even you can go to some of the medical journals like the American Obstetrician and Gynecological Association. You can go to their website. The, the evidence is there. You know, in the medical community, you have to have the evidence to back up whatever you're putting out there, and it's there. So go and research it. You know, go and get your proof. And then talk to people. That's another piece that I think we're kind of starting to miss here in our yes. country. Mm-hmm. Get to the mm-hmm. people. That's, they're the ones, you know, like I said, social media is good. The books are good. But at the end of the day, you got to get to the people. And that's what some right. of the organizations miss out. You got to get out there and you got to know what you're dealing with and you got to talk to the people. You got to know the people. We got to get back to that. You know, because we're getting a little more detached from that in certain ways. But, you know, that's a part of, you know, having a doula is to have a person there for you and a connection and a contact. Yes, it's professional, but it's still human contact. And that's and all I, I have to say. I think what's really important, Linda, to have someone like you guys sitting next to someone or next to their bedside is that you're able to see, you've seen the procedure happen over and over and over again of what Mm -hmm. a healthy baby looks like, what that birthing um, situation looks like. So you're able to identify when there is a situation that says, wait a minute, you need the nurse back in here or we need the doctor Mm -hmm. back in here to check. Because a lot of times, you know, Someone said, I'm feeling pain or I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm saying, no, no, I think, you know, I, I see this because one, it was one of the, um, the judge's son um, who wife, he gave birth here in Northside Hospital, Patrick. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he kept telling them, my, my wife is bleeding. The blood is stealing up. And she, they, they said she wasn't priority at that time. Right. And, and that happened. hours. And hours before they took her in to stop the bleeding, and the doctor said, "We'd be out in a few minutes." And they went in there; she had died because she had she was she had filled up with blood. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he's that warning them, and he they warn he's warning them. But I think sometimes they dismiss the family people like you don't know what you're talking about, and exactly. sometimes you got to have that with that. No, I know what this is. You need to take care of it right away. Exactly. And I think, yeah. And said, so, well, we, you know, we, this, you're not priority. That's what they told him. And so I knew right. that too. So, and that <laughs> happens. Yes, yes, Marsha. That happens quite often, like I said earlier. Not even listen to the woman, like Serena Williams. They didn't listen to her. And you remember she had blood clots. So like I was saying, 
that's why you need a doula. You need a person yeah. that is a voice, a advocate, a facilitator for you. For you mm-hmm. as the mother having the baby, because we're there for the mom. At the end of the day, right. it's her birth. It's what she wants. Right. And it's us, you know, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. I can, I've already educated her. I can make suggestions or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's what she wants. And so I would Mm -hmm. like for her to even be comfortable enough to, you know, have a a, a line of communication with her nurse or with her midwife or with her doctor. So, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're in a situation, you're in a room by yourself, you may not get, that may not happen. You know, right. if you have a, if you have that doula there, and you have, you know, like you said, someone there that's a professional outside of your family to advocate right. for you to even be that voice for you to even encourage you to use your voice. Because sometimes uh, all a mom needs is, you know, hey, somebody like you know, we call them a hype man or something, somebody to give them the strength to use their voice. You know, right. and that can save a person's life. And I've seen it happen, and it's happened time and time again. Right. And I know for mm-hmm. a fact that even with my granddaughter having sickle cell and we having some of the issues that a lot of times if we have some concern, and like a lot of times the doctor will tell us, I remember taking my granddaughter in, she was running track, and she sprained her ankle, and they said, um, mm-hmm. oh, it's a sickle cell crisis. No, it's not a sickle cell crisis. She doesn't have that she hurt her ankle. So they're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. They're ready to treat her. No, that's not the problem. You're not listening. Mm-hmm. So I had to get mm-hmm. grump, and then they're ready to thinking, okay, here's a black woman. They're getting loud. And it's not until we have to get in. Then finally the uh, black uh, doctor comes in. He's listening. He looks at me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's something, they ready to call security on us. I'm like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. Actually, I was reading something. That's funny because I was reading something today of, from a colleague saying that um, a young lady was in labor and something was going on that wasn't right, and the dad, her dad, the girl's father, not the child's father, but the girl's father was getting upset because they weren't listening. And yep. I guess he had some words with the nurses or whatever, and they were getting ready to kick him out of the hospital. And my colleague was saying, you know, can somebody please go down there and, you know, help them because, you know, he feels like they're assaulting his daughter. You know, it was just they were doing some procedures or something that he felt and the girl wasn't comfortable with. Maybe this was a teen. I I didn't get the age of the, the woman, but... He was getting, they were getting ready to kick him out of the hospital and his daughter in there in pain, crying. And so, like I said, that's, they would be the per. they they would have been the perfect family to need a doula. Because right now, they're talking about kicking him out of the hospital and his daughter is in there crying and in pain and she's by herself. So, you know, like I said, hmm, go ahead. Racism because I've seen white women upset and they go, oh, she's so upset, she's so, she's she's stressing. But when it's, it's a color, it's like they're ready to call security. Really? Oh, okay, yeah. The doctor's not listening. Yeah. You're not listening. So how you make your point, especially when you have a child that's sick, 
when you have a child right. that's sick or a child pain, your logic and everything else is going up. But take care exactly. of my child. Exactly. Right. Because you're going to be in parent mode. You're not going to be in a doula mode. You're going to be like, Hello. look, you need to get in here now. My daughter's, you know, and that's what the dad was doing. And they were talking about kicking him out of the hospital. And a lot of the hospitals will kick you out. And some of them will have you arrested. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I've had, I've had young ladies tell me they, you know, they, they've been in certain hospitals and they say they felt like they was in jail. They was trying to take their baby, you know, so there's a lot that goes on in this birthing community, and, and, and these young ladies need support. I've had young ladies to say, hey, they took my baby. You know, I had to get my baby back. Or, you know, I had I tested positive for marijuana, and they took my baby. So, or, you know, there birth. is. Huh? They test you at birth for marijuana and stuff in your system? Heck, yeah. It, there is a hospital right now in Atlanta that if you test positive for marijuana, you're going to jail right after you have your baby. Shut it up. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't lie. Mm-mm, I wouldn't lie. So, why, so these women are smoking marijuana while they're pregnant? Mm-hmm. A lot of women do. Now, wait a minute. I saw a, a special on opium. Uh, epidemic and these women were pregnant and they were they were giving them more drugs but they weren't sending them to prison and it's the open well maybe they, they were but maybe they were of a different race but I know that there's a hospital yeah, here they that they if they if they, if you have marijuana in your system they're gonna arrest you so that's just like okay you've had your baby and they're gonna separate you from your baby like you might be breastfeeding you know want to breastfeed or whatever and they that's that's traumatic to separate a newborn from his mother like that you know what I mean so like I'm saying there are a lot so of people just don't know pardon me. These young ladies, are these young te- women in their teens or 20s that's making these decisions to do this? Because I know I've seen this opium epidemic uh, documentary on pregnant women. Well, you and know, when you're, come here. when you're young, right. you, are, you do tend to make more, you know, irrational because you, you're still developing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's human nature. But you, it don't matter what your age is. You can be 45 if you got marijuana in your system. They still will take your baby at this particular hospital. And well, they will arrest you, shall I say. They will arrest you because you have marijuana in your system. And then your baby end up in the system if you don't have family members yeah, exactly. to take care of the child. And you were in jail. Exactly. So that's those are the what? type of things I'm talking about. You know, um I know that they're supposed to be um you know, they used to shackle here in Georgia. So they have done away with so if you're in jail, you know, if you're in jail or prison and you get ready to have your baby, you shackle. Like you can't, you can't have your arms, you know, free or your legs free. You shackled. So they did away with that recently. So Georgia no longer shackles. That's that that's been like a couple of months ago. So now they're saying they're advocating for moms, um, incarcerated moms to have, at least have a doula in the room when they have their babies because they can't even have a family member in the room. Wow. So now there is, you know, something on the table which should be passing by 
January of 2020, which is in, you know, a month or two or whatever way where, you know, these young ladies or women or whatever will be able to have a doula present when they have their babies. Because in Georgia, all women have their babies at Atlanta Medical Center when they're incarcerated, which is rare because in uh, most states that's not the case. So in a way, that's kind of good because, you know, they're all at this one particular hospital, you know. So not wow. like some are in North Georgia and some in South Georgia and some, because, you know, the facilities are all over. Wow. Mm-hmm. What do you want to leave our listening audience with, um, with information? Uh, I know you gave us the, what tip information that you want if they – of all the information you've given us, what's the key information you want to leave our listening audience with? Hmm. I just want people to be proactive with their health, you know, proactive mm-hmm. with, you know. I want people to, to take the time to talk to young ladies and take the time to, you know, um, support them. Because yeah. so many of them are saying, hey, I'm, I do this, but I've done this by myself or, <laughs> you know, I've, yeah, you know, they're lonely. And then, you know, everybody loves a beautiful baby after they have the baby. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. cute baby, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, these <laughs> women are under stress, some of them. Huh? But, you know, some of them, I know, like, speaking from my experience with my daughter, I was ready to choke her when she was pregnant because she wouldn't listen. She, you know. Right. And when I was in the delivery room with her, I needed a doula because I was ready to jump in that bed and beat her up. Right. Because you're emotionally tied to her. I was, yes. And then only that, because, you know, me with nutrition and she's eating all the wrong stuff and every Mm -hmm. time she he made a move. The doctor said, you want a shot? She said, yes. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you don't need another exactly. shot. You know, oh. Every time, every type of medication they wanted to give her, they would get, she was taking it. I was like, oh. I was like, right. okay, I got to get him. And then I said the baby's heart, his, every time they gave a shot, his little heartbeat was going up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. It was just fluctuating. Yeah, and I'm getting like, oh, it. I can't take it. I can't take this. So I know if I have any more grandchildren, I need a doula in that room with me you or with do. them because yeah. uh-uh. I was like ready to, girl, I, was, uh, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm-mm. No, because, yes. and I guess it's so fun because I never had, I didn't have epidermal. I didn't have none of that stuff with my kids. And thank God I told my mom and my kids, my grandmother had 18 children, mm-hmm. and out of the 18, 18 of them lived. And she was a short, little bitty thing. And, you know, I'm small in size, but I'm, I'm tall. Right. right. I, I baby, boom, girl, kicking them out. And I said, okay, I got to stop. I stopped at three because I know I had my grandmother's gene, and I was spitting these babies out, and I was up within mm-hmm. an hour or two. Or so, but right. Nowadays, I'm hearing things about people. I, I never knew nobody had a preemie. No one that had complication with their birth, their baby's mm-hmm. birth. No one knew any of that until now. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing so much, and I have all my grandbabies all been preemies, except for mm-hmm. Zachariah. He's under the school term. But I'm like, okay, what is going on? And I know it has a lot to do with you know me, food, diet, and you're right, stress. Right. 
stress, food, diet. There are lots of factors that play into premature birth. And, you know, premature births also, you know, tie into children with um, different, you know, health problems, developmental delays, you know, health issues. There's a lot of things that go, you know, that's a whole other topic. We can do that topic, too. But, you know, um, mom's taking care of themselves. Like I say, you got to always be able to have love yourself and have self-care and self, you know, know when to say no. You know, take care of mm-hmm. yourself. Eat healthy. Um, processed food is bad. You know, um, I, I've heard midwives say they've delivered babies where the uh, mom's placenta was um calcified because all she ate was processed food you know that's not healthy you know mom's being able to get out and exercise you got to move you know even if you got the nice desk job where you sitting at the desk all day you still need to be active and moving while you're pregnant you know that helps you know that that that's for your overall mental health physical health um, even with you getting ready to deliver your baby, that's going to help you. And so you being in your sh- top, you know, being in good shape plays a part with your birth outcome or you living, you know, or you, you know, being able to heal after you have your baby. So there are all, these are all like health things, just, just things that you should be doing or even before you get pregnant, you know, a lot of people right. don't plan their pregnancies. I'm learning that now. But, you know, <laughs> just, being in good, just being in good health, you know, overall plays a part. Your vitamins, your nutrition, you know, ha- having you some uh, prenatal vitamins, natural prenatal vitamins you're taking. this Because it's kind of hard to absorb those um, synthetic ones when you're pregnant. So, you know. Um, just all of just many, many things play into an overall great pregnancy and having a great birth outcome. And you having that doula on your side is going to be that advocate for you and that person to educate you and have you prepare for a great birth outcome. And like I said, the statistics are out there to back it up. All of the medical evidence, all of the, um, the, you know, percentages, the graphs, all of the pie charts, right. whatever you call them, they're out right. there. Yeah, yeah. I and know. do it for your loved but, ones. Yeah. Do it for your daughters. Do it for your, your best friend. Do it for your, of course, your wife, you know, or your baby mama or whatever they call them nowadays, baby mama. You know, do it for <laughs> do it for the people that you love, you know, you right. want to this, this is our future this is these are these are our exactly. kids this yes. is our loved ones you know this is the this yes. is the the survival this is the future the generation who's going to take care of you when you old if everybody no. sick or if yes. everybody then died you know so you got to think mm-hmm. about that you know it's so mm-hmm. important and support each other talk to people Find out what's going on with their health. You find out they're pregnant, support them, help them. You know, um, sometimes they may need somebody to talk to. Be that listening yeah. ear, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what that's what a doula is for. But, of course, a, a doula is not going to be free, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's still a person to be there for the um, pregnant woman. And, you know, and I, I wish I would have had one when I had my baby. 
But Girl, I didn't know about it. I wish I had I wish <laughs> I had known this kind of stuff. I wish I had known this kind of stuff. Because my family, we grew up with um, box food. My mom was a canned food, box food. Because she worked, mm-hmm. and she wasn't into gardening. And I'm into all of this stuff. You know, Why? the natural birds, all that kind of stuff. Me and I too. wish I had grew up in that kind of environment. But I mm-hmm. was at the store today. I stopped into the uh, family dollar to pick up some cotton balls. And some things, and the young lady was standing at the counter that was checking me out. She was holding her stomach, and she's going like this. She said, "Oh, she's groaning." And I'm like, "Girl, what is your problem?" She said, "I keep getting mm-hmm. my period. It keep coming. It keep coming." And I'm just 40 years old. I'm thinking about taking a hysterectomy, and I'm like, "Girl." So I just share with her some little natural stuff to do. So she's writing it down. You know, you gotta clean your wound. You gotta keep keep that healthy. Mm-hmm. Taking certain. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving her all this information. She's writing it down, and she looked at me. She said, "Thank you." You know, I'm just sharing stuff. And people, these young people, do want to hear. They do want to hear. They it. do. They mm-hmm. do want to hear it. Uh, some of them mm-hmm. don't. They do. People can't tell they, them nothing. You know what but, though. They do want to hear it, but I think we we have to change the delivery method. You know, they're a little different. They <laughs> they, they do it differently uh, than how we did it. You know, they they want to hear. You know, they're very social media driven. You know, but even with that being said, they're still human beings. So you know, yeah. we all are social people. So yeah. you know, yeah. we just gotta figure out a way how to do it, and that's why I get think this push for doulas and stuff is gonna work for them because you know, even even with you know them, the millennials with even home care and things like that, we're having to teach them things like that in classes because they're more receptive to doing it like that. So I think you know, once it catches on and more people learn about it and it's out here more, I think that they're gonna be um on board. I really do. I I really have that wouldn't it be faith great? in them. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be great if the insurance companies or the uh social uh department of social services or well uh, uh, uh what if that uh, um where they pay for your um, medical stuff? Insurance right. pay for do now, and midwife now some wouldn't states that be do. Some states really? do. Yes, um, I think Washington, um, Oregon, um, New York, in certain counties, um, Minnesota, you know, Vermont. There are some states, and I've even heard that Florida has a Medicaid provision where they provide doula services. But I think some of their providers provide it for at risk. Um, mom, so there are, and then Corey, I think they said even Corey, Corey Booker was saying something about passing something for um, doula services and things like that for moms because of our high maternal mortality rate. I'm sure California probably has something too. So there are, you just have to find out what, now Georgia doesn't have anything, but you've got to find <laughs> out what's out there for your, you know, within your state. Or, you know the region that you live in, and there, there, you know, there's help for for moms, and and doulas can be paid. You know, it may not be a big reimbursement, but you know, something is better than them saying, "Oh, go Nothing. out and do it yeah. for free." You know, right. uh, for right. for moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a lot so of work. So that's that's very important. 
depending oh, on how yeah. long that woman's in labor. So you're there for how many? Are you there for uh, doing the whole duration of the pregnancy until the baby's born? Correct. Yes, yes. I was one time. I had a mom. She went in on Wednesday. She didn't have her baby until um, Saturday at five thirty. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It, it varies. Like I said, it, it, it varies. And some, some women go and they, you know, hey, they pretty much, they have the baby and it's over with, you know. So it, it just varies <laughs> and it varies with the individual. So, you know, you just have to be prepared. Just show up. That's what I tell I tell other people that are training to be doulas and other doulas. Show up. That's what we're here for. We're here for the mom. You know, that's what she needs mm-hmm. more than anything for us to show up and be there for her, you know. So that is so important. That that even relieves her stress. You know, that, that gives her reassurance and comfort, you know. And that's so right. important when you're right. getting ready to have your baby, you know. So we we are very, very needed right now. Um, there's so many different, like I said, things in this medical model and so many different philosophies and so many whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all need support and we all need that that um, human contact. Exactly. Yes. So re- regardless of what your philosophy is, these babies got to get here and these moms need to yeah. be relaxed, reassured, and comfortable when they have their babies. And they don't have yeah. to be doped up on a lot of medicine. They don't have to yeah. all the time. They at fifty percent C-section rate. They are. I know there's no way fifty percent of moms at a particular hospital having C-section is considered normal. I mean, because when you go right. back to the medical journals, they're saying no more than what twenty-one percent. That's high. Some of them saying no more than twelve percent. You know, so, you know, why are these numbers so high? You know, hospitals are prop for profit, a lot of them. Uh, a lot of hospitals, yeah, they have a bottom line. If you go in there and you have your baby, um, you know, no problems, vaginally, they're not going to make as much money if, if, you know, you go in there and you have to have a C-section and other interventions right. done. You know, it's kind of common sense. But at the end of the day, the hospitals aren't looking at their, they're looking at their bottom line, too. Mm-hmm. Do you play Mozart music or some type of music for the mom to keep them calm during those times with the mm-hmm. pregnancy? And yes. you, know, you have these women that, carry, that wear these little uh, microphones on their belly where they can hear the mm-hmm. talk to the baby, the baby's being mm-hmm. read to, kind yeah. of stuff, so all that stuff. Yes, if that's what the if that's what the moms want, of course it's been shown that music is um, you know, a comforting, you know, it helps, you know, there's there's just evidence out there for music. Um, most of my moms don't ask for classical, but they're you know, whatever they if they want a playlist, um, there's aromatherapy. Of course with the aromatherapy thing the essential oils are considered to be a drug. However, like lavender, really? peppermint, yes, mm-hmm, yeah, because it's it's synthetic. You know, it's it's something that's not considered natural, so to speak. But certain but oils, you like get, lavender, you can get 
you can get elf, uh, uh, frankincense and all those are natural herbs. You get the natural ones, you can get those essential oils that are natural, right? Yeah, you can, but, you know, some of them have other stuff in them too. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a thin line with that. You know, they say, oh, well, you know, it's considered a drug, so blah, 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 blah. But then I've used lavender you know, mom, it's it, you know everybody knows lavender has a calming effect. It, you know, I put yeah. it in a little dis- diffuser, and you know, I use certain oils. Excuse me, um, but there are many different things you know that you can use. But you discuss all as a doula, you discuss all of that with your client in the birth plan because we do the birth plan, and so mm-hmm. um, yeah, but. Natural things, to me, natural is the best way to go, you know, when you're doing anything um, with the mom. You want to be natural even. You want her to eat clean. You want her to avoid, you know, uh, having her food in plastic containers. You know, you just never know, you know, with some of yeah. the Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? Natural. And I, I saw a documentary, and I need to stop and stop watching these documentaries, on um, the, the missing male and how they were looking at um certain plastic uh, leaking uh, chemicals that's affecting their testicles. And mm-hmm. That's some, true. Or in the yeah. water bottle. Like, in the plastic water bottle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's but, true. But, okay, what about birthing chairs? Do people have that option now to do birthing chairs or they have to still lay down? Um, What's oh, no, you don't have to, like, you know, back in the day it was lay on your back, but you don't have to lay, lie on your back. There are, you can do different birthing positions. That's what doulas do also. We teach, like, different birthing positions. You can use, um, there's a birthing bar you can hold on to if you want to squat and have your baby. Um, Of course, we use birthing balls, um, you know, that helps with, um, you know, uh, comforting the mom, she can rock back and forth on the ball, you know. So it's that there are lots of different um, interventions that are used now. So moms don't have to lie on their back to have their babies anymore, um, because when you lie on your back to have your baby, you decrease the, um, you know, when the baby gets ready to come down the birth canal, you kind of decrease the room by thirty. I think like thirty percent that the baby has to come out when you lie on your back so versus if you part so we have more pain that way we have more pain with on the back as opposed to standing up or in the uh a birthing chair I'm sure I'm sure you do if you decrease about 30% and then I'm yeah. sure that the baby's um head and other things probably you know come in contact with um, you know, the inside of the birthing canal, you know, so I'm sure it is and more painful to have it on your back. And remember, a long time ago, they used to use the forceps so or whatever to pull the baby's head out back in the days. And if the baby mm-hmm. used to come in with some of the little uh, scars and stuff on their forehead. Remember that? Yep, and they, 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 I do remember forceps, and I think, like, they try to get away from those forceps and those vacuums to suction the babies out, but I was in a, um, a young lady was delivering her baby, and he just would not come out, and the doctor was actually talking about using, not forceps, but she was talking about using the, um, vacuum thing to suck the baby out. So did she end up doing that, or how they get the baby out? 
Well, they ended up giving her a C-section because her baby just was mm-hmm. too big to come through her birth canal. But um, I didn't know they still did that because they it's like a forceps, but it's on the top of the baby's head. You know, and the forceps wow. kind of look like the salad prong things, and they yes. just put them yes. around yes. each side yes. of the baby's head. So, but see, forceps were causing a lot of damage to the moms, too. So they they mm. had pretty much gotten away from the forceps, and they like I said I didn't even know that they were using the vacuum anymore. But I did hear the doctor say that she was considering using the vacuum on the young lady, but she she, wow. she ended up getting wow. Mm, and see that's a lot of things like I said like that that go on that people just don't know about. Yeah, we just don't know about it, and it's still going on, and, you know, we have no clue. But I am so grateful. You know I'm going to have you back on again. We're going to have some more conversations. Oh, yes. But, we need to mm. talk about infant more t- uh, preterm births, too, because I got a lot of good yes. uh, information on that. All right. Well, you let me know when you're ready, girl, because, you know, we can do a part three. You, we can back this baby right. up and do another one, because I really think the more we talk about it, put this information, mm-hmm. and that's my mission with yesterday's kitchen for a day, my other business, and for your health is because we, the power of good health is in our hands, both our knowledge and right. information, our teaching, and that's what we want to give people that information because our listening audience, somebody may be listening and say, wait a minute, my cousin's about to have a baby. Let me share with this with her about right. having a doula, or my wife is about right. to have a baby, or think I, when I get pregnant, I want to do this, you know, just give them right. options that many people don't know, like you say, exist. So I just truly, truly, truly grateful that you're taking the time out on your Sunday evening to come in mm-hmm. and talk with me. And look, ladies and gentlemen that's listening, Linda only was going to give me an hour, one hour, but, you know, thank you, Jesus, she gave me two hours. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and and like I say, let's do the classes, too. Let's do the classes yes. because we really need yes. to get out in the community teach and yes. get the information and, and be around the people, you know, exactly. more of the hands-on exactly. stuff exactly. too. So I'm I'm well, ready for you. that also. I'm going to call you and you and I will make some plans to put something together and uh, I'll be okay. there. I'll have your back. You have my back. We'll, we'll work this together. So okay. I just want to thank you for being on the show. We're going to take another break before I, um, before the show ends. So, We'll be right back with the D-Hour Network. This is Marsha and Linda. I know a 
talking about doulas and the benefit of having a doula. Linda, give our listening audience one more time information as to how they can reach you if some family member or uh, a woman is interested in having a doula for their um, childbirth. Yes, I have a Facebook um, page. It's called The Art of Labor Doula. Then I have a website website. the Art of Labor Doula Services at www.theartoflabor.com. I also have my Instagram, The Art of Labor Doula, and my phone number is 770-875-3367. You can reach me anytime, day or night. Send me a text message, or you can uh, go to my website and put your information in and send it in. All right, but I want to remind our listening audience, this program and radio show advice, all the information presented here is for the purpose of information and education only. It should not be construed as offering medical advice or diagnosis for any treatment or any illness or injury or condition or preventing any health problem. The listening audience should consult with their licensed physician or their health care practitioner for proper diagnosis and treatment. You know, we just want to make sure this information is out here, the resources available, and, you know, people can make decisions for themselves what they're going to find is best for themselves and their family. And we just want to get the facts out here so you have options, and that's what we're here, to give you options and make you remember, you know, have a remembrance. say, okay, you know what, I remember listening to Blog Talk Radio and listening to this lady who was a doula. So let's check this out. So that's our option is to give people options. All right, Linda, thank you so much. I truly, truly thank appreciate you. you being on. And um, I'll call you. you later this week, 
and um, we can make some plans on your class. Your class is coming up November what? Um, actually, I have a class in Roswell on December 11th at Pregnancy Aid Clinic, and then I have another class on the 13th, December 13th, at Forest Park um, Pregnancy Aid Clinic. But I'll give you the information, the flyers, and you can post for your your listeners to be able to get the address and everything on there. Yes, ma'am, we'll do that, and also the list for the things to look out for uh, is the warning sign that the pregnancy that you need to check with their physician yes, and the doctor. Yes. Yeah, postpartum. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. I truly, truly Thank appreciate you. you being on the show. All right. I appreciate All right, you. Lady, Thank have, you. I, you know, I, girl, I, you know, I love it. I love you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Oh. All right. We're going to have one more Thank break. Yeah. Okay. Right. 